Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beards Well, hey, good morning, everybody. This is Behind the Beards. And here on Behind the Beards, we pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and do our best to reveal the things that you need to know about your ministers and ministry leaders. I'm Joshua Fowler, a preaching minister in the well, Louisiana. Baton, I was going to say the great state of Louisiana, but I would be doing my Texas folks wrong by saying that. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, my partner, Aaron Partlow, is in Longview, Texas. That's right. I am. Nope. And you know what? I got a little draw this morning uh, because you know what came in the mail? My official Texas, books? my official Texas driver's license. Um, so it's official. Right. So crazy, all right? All right, all right? So we we made an appointment when we moved here, and it took six months for me to get to. Um, it's not the DMV. They have a fully separate branch here that mm-hmm. does it and they got these crazy big badges it's really funny um uh but anyway so but it, it i was kind of bad timing because we're about to leave tomorrow on vacation and i didn't think about it because they don't give you your kansas driver's license back they just give you a printed texas one and i was like mm-hmm. i wonder if i can fly with a printed texas driver's license but I literally, I think I went in on a Thursday. Oh, no, I went on on Tuesday because I missed the podcast. We had to miss a podcast. <clears throat> and I got it the following um, Thursday. Mm-hmm. They were like one to two weeks. And I was like, okay, well, I should get it before we fly for sure. But I got it like Thursday on the mail. So nice. it's pretty impressive. But So I am an official Texan. My car is registered. I have my driver's license. My wife has her license in Texas now. So, how's your Spanish coming? It's, uh, un poquito. Very, <laughs> very bad. Very little. Oh, you need to spend a little more time on your Iglesia de Cristo there and just I uh, submerge do. yourself in the. Um, do they talk English to you? When they My talk to you? The teens or the parents? The parents and the, or the teens? Uh, yes, they speak English to me. So, I, yeah. with a little Spanish mixed in sometimes. Yeah, which is fine. They're helping me through the process, though. I do have very nice teens, and they kind of do help me through the process. And they know that when I ask, like, I'm not asking to be funny. Like, I'm asking because I'm, like, legitimately, like, interested. Yeah, right. Uh, and I stuff like that. Though. So that's that's nice. That's a that's a different break there. So, so when I do ask, um, like, they know that I'm asking sincerely and stuff like that. So, uh, well, today on the podcast, I am grateful for you guys tuning in. If you're listening in, this is an episode where we just want to spread some positivity. Um, we talk about the good stuff about ministry. I was blessed on uh, a certain day to drive uh, to Tyler and hit up with two other youth ministers who then we got in their car and drove the rest of the way out to Rockwall and picked up another youth minister. And we spent the morning, we had breakfast. Uh, and then we went and played some frisbee golf, and we just talked about the pros and the joys of ministry to kind of uplift each other. And you know, I was sitting in the car with one of them, and 
I was about to be negative, to be honest. I was about to just like do a little like self-venting and talk about some frustrations. And before I could get it out, he looked at me and he said, Man, isn't ministry great? Like we just like he's like he was like he's like, Man, we just like I mean, think about it. We were able to just like get together with other people in our ministry. We were able to clear our schedule, eat breakfast, and go play frisbee golf and talk about like some positive things going on in our ministry. What other job could you just go and do that? Mm-hmm. Like we can stay in the bogginess and, and some of the hard things of ministry, which are some of the stuff that we like to reveal on the show, but I don't want you guys ever to think that we don't like it or don't like our job or anything like that because I agree. I agree with my brother when he said that because, man, I I love ministry and it it is wonderful and it allows it allows me to have some freedom to do some things um, and allows me to work at the hours that are that are sometimes good for me. Does it sometimes require you know eighty plus hours sometimes some weeks? Yeah. Does it require sometimes working on my vacation? Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, like, we love it. And so we just wanted to talk about some positive stuff, some good things uh, going on in our ministries. Um, You know, sometimes they're physical things. Sometimes they're spiritual things. Sometimes they're, um, you know, just some, like, getting to see some growth. Um, Sometimes maybe they're just not even related to any ministry that we really do. So that's that yeah. kind of idea. I like it. I like um I like that God puts people in your lives mm-hmm. right at the very moment where you probably need them to ask some of the most or or to make some of the most innocent seeming comments. Um and so maybe uh maybe I just give, you know, people a caution here for a moment to right. be aware of your words. Yeah. Um, because you never know the power that your words will have over people. Um, you know, in Hebrews, he talks about, you know, taking every moment kind of not for granted how often we have entertained angels unaware. Right. Um, so there's a lot of ways that we affect people, um, hopefully for the better. Um, and they can go either way, though. Sometimes we can push people into... Um, um, we can affect them negatively, but hopefully more totally. often than not, we're affecting them positively by the by the words that we choose. And someone just saying, "Hey, isn't it good that we're here?" Um, I have I have the same kind of experience. The flexibility that my schedule has um, allows me to do some things that a lot of people aren't able to do. Right. Our uh, our schools here in uh, Baton Rouge. Um, all of their football and basketball games are right after school at two forty in the afternoon. Wow! Um, and it must be hard for know, parents to get to. Well, it it is, but it's even harder for them to get them back to the school mm. at six o'clock for a, for an evening game. I bet. Um, yeah, because a lot of the kids in East Baton Rouge Parish aren't going home to parents who are at home. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going home, um, and they either have. You know, a grandparent or someone there, some of them are just, you know, kind of on their own there for a few hours in the evening. And so the bus can get them home, but they have no way of getting back. And so the coach is like, well, if we send them home at 2.30 when school's out, we're not getting them back for the game in the evening. So 
um, they just play them right after, which makes, makes it sense. really hard to find officials mm-hmm. to call those games who are working regular jobs. And so having a you know a leadership that has said, hey, as long as things are getting done, we understand that this is kind of one aspect of your outreach into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and they understand the impact it has on my mental health as well. Ironic, isn't it, that I got to go get yelled at by a bunch of strangers in order to feel mentally um, yeah. healthy? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not where I would go uh, for that mental mental health, but I mean, good for you. But yeah, but just having that that freedom to make sure make sure the work is that everything's taken care of, but also able to kind of rearrange a schedule to accommodate things that that helps my community get to meet some some kids and some families and parents, um, especially now that I've been there for a few years. The coaches know uh, what I do, and a lot of them will call me pastor or reverend when I walk in the in the gym or on the football field. And you correct uh, them and say, "No, I'm a minister." Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you know that matters so much. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just, man, it's, it is a, it is a really cool thing. And, and it is one of the, one of the aspects of ministry. I would never stop serving the kingdom no matter what I was doing. Yeah. But one of the things that keeps me in formal ministry is that ability to <clears throat> just that flexibility that we have. And, um, uh, you know, it enables me to do things that uh, I just wasn't able to do before. And I think it's probably something we take for granted as well. You know, I think so too. I think we totally do. And uh, oh, I was talking to somebody. Who was it? I cannot remember. But they were telling me this story. They were like, they're like, you know, I had a friend who he 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 was a youth minister for like five or six years, and he said, man, you know who has it really good? Teachers. You know, they they have clock in, you clock out, you get holidays off, and you have summers off. And he got a job. He got a job teaching Bible at a Christian high school. Um, and he said, like, <laughs> half a year into the job, his friend was like, don't ever out. don't ever leave youth ministry. He's like, you have it so good. Um, he says, you have flexible hours. You can take those breaks that you need to to get stuff done. Uh, and what I was thinking about it as well was, like, um, there's this concept or this this is something that I was just thinking of off the cuff, right? Is, um, you know, when does my personal ministry, when does my outreach, you know, also blend with my job outreach? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Um, because there's things that I do that is like, hey, I consider this like my ministry. Like this is, you know, if I wasn't a youth minister, I would still be doing this. But then there are definitely things that like, because I'm a youth minister, I do this kind of ministry as well. And so, um, I don't know if we want to talk about that, but I was just thinking about like, you know, what's those difference and how do those bleed over uh, and that kind of stuff. Um, Cause you were just talking about refing and you would probably, you know, if you were still working, you might find yourself still refing and using that as an outreach. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, of some sort. It would have to look different cause you'd be working a, you know, a, a normal mm-hmm. nine to five job. I almost said five to nine. That sounds terrible. It does sound terrible. But that's probably more like normal, though. That is probably um, more like normal. No, I think that's what I think you were working. To talk about. Maybe that's a uh, a good podcast episode that we can throw in there. Working the, the nine to five instead of the five to nine, or working the oh boy, no. I mean, when does your personal oh oh, oh outreach oh. blend with your professional? Yeah, one? that's better. Um, 
you know, we're talking about, you know, good things, you know, what's good, you know, in ministry right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, the flexibility, you know, is good. I, I love that aspect of it. Um, one of the things that is really good for me right now is getting to be a part of like, like a deep part of so many of the important things that go on in people's lives. Oh yeah. Um, totally. You know, we have, you know, and sometimes it's, sometimes it is a burden to bear. Uh, but when someone comes to you and says, look, I'm going through this, you know, whether it's a, a disease or an illness or a surgery that's upcoming, um, you know, there are some details that they really just don't want to be public. Right. You know, but they'll come and they'll say, I want you to know this because I want you to know what I'm going through. Yeah. But if, you know, the prayer list could be a little more generic, I'd appreciate it because I just don't want to field all the questions. Mm -hmm. um, but to be someone who is allowed in on the very intimate nature of the lives of the people that we serve, mm -hmm. you know, it's just one of those things that is, I'm sure it's a, it's a huge responsibility. Um, but at the same time, you get to see them in their greatest moments of joy and in some of their most difficult moments of, of, of trial and sometimes even grief and mourning, um, weddings, baby celebrations, funerals, surgeries. Uh, you know, through the last year and a half, we've not been able to be as connected as we were. Mm -hmm. um, you know, COVID had weddings, you know, in small locations with three or four people. Uh, but I was one of those people. Right. You know, yeah. who was there, who represented a whole church full of people. And then seeing that kind of beginning to come back to normal and remembering, man, how much we took some of those things for granted. Um, and that's just been a really, really, really cool realization for me over the last three or four months anyway. Uh, one of the good things that's going for me is, and one of my favorite things is, is I would agree with you. And I love that. I love, I love being a part and being included in that um my favorite is is working with a vast amount of people and when mm -hmm. you're overseeing a ministry and you're helping um and seeing all these different people pour into this one project right right um we recently are remodeling redoing our hub uh for our youth room for our teenagers and uh, i've had to do a lot of painting and if you know me, you know how much I hate painting. Like, I hate painting. Uh, but I'm good at it. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I'm really good at painting. Um, maybe that's what I would do if I... And I would hate my job. But I'm, I am really good at it. I'm one of the guys that can get that brush. And I don't have to tape. And I can paint that straight line. You know, right up on the edge. And, and like, I don't... I won't... It won't get over. Like, I just... It's not hard to do, to be honest. You just have to have patience and concentration and pay attention. But that's I hard can do for me that. to do. You said patience, and that's not easy for yeah, me to do. Right? Um, it's not hard to do, and and I hate, but I hate painting. However, what I love so much about this youth room is um, is that I've had three work days to paint it, and I've had three different groups of teenagers that have shown up. That's awesome, and that's fun. I've also had different parents. Uh, I had a group of parents the first day who was going to get there and do one project and leave. 
and he saw how much work we had to do. And so he started doing some extra jobs and he called his wife and his two kids and then they came up and they were there the entire day. They were there the entire Saturday. As long as Lauren and I were there, <laughs> they were there. And, and and he he's a he's a he's a construction worker, a carpenter by trade. And so nice. he fixed he fixed our stage. He did a whole I mean he just did like a whole bunch of these other projects that needed to get done. And she's a really good painter. And so she was helping overseeing uh, some of those tight spots and painting and stuff. Uh, and it just made the day like so much fun. I got to know them uh, and I appreciate all the work that they've done and, and that they helped. And now we're about to go on vacation. <clears throat> and some of the final projects are going to get done uh, in our hub. And I'm excited that you know I have some people that I can trust that are just like, yeah, we will do it. We'll get it done. And like for me, like having those big projects where you see so many different people pour into it and put their heart into it is is really exciting uh, and really a great moment for me uh, in ministry. So I love that. So it doesn't matter if it's if it's um, if it's redoing a you know a youth room or if it's putting together a trunk or treat uh, for the community or something like that. I just I love to see all the different people with different personalities and different work styles and different leadership styles come together and work. Uh, also, I laugh at that, Jonathan. Yeah, because I'm the guy who I really don't like get paint on my clothes. Um, I have a pair of shorts and a shirt that I call my paint shirt. And um, there's one little thing of paint on my shirt and one little thing of paint on my shorts. And Lauren's like, those are your paint clothes? There's like no paint on them. I'm like, yeah. I get paint on the wall, not on me. And I'm a little OCD because I do try to teach my teens. I'm like, hey, you know, paint's supposed to be on the brush, not on the back end of the brush here. Do it this way. <laughs> you have this. I buy them the nice tools. They sell those like uh, red cups that you can put on your hand. And yep. it actually has a magnet in it. So if you're not, if you want your brush, you can set it on there and it mm -hmm. has a magnet. <clears throat> So it's just, yeah, you did not understand the assignment. That's right. Yeah. I've seen your TikToks. Get out of here. Well, there is a, there is something really um, encouraging when people show up um, and show up ready to do something. Mm. Um, there's an even greater sense of encouragement when they show up ready to do something, recognize what actually needs to be done. And then don't slowly fade into the background and disappear. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely um, nice. You know, but, uh, you know, take charge. It's not that, you know, we expect it. Certainly, we always, I say we're always up for the help. I'm not always good at receiving help. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes what I need is someone to recognize what needs to be done and kind of tell me what they're going to come and do because they see what needs to be done that they can do. Right. Instead of saying, how can I help? Like, Man, I don't really know because I don't know how to give you kind of an assignment or a task, um, especially if you're just getting to know people. And so when someone walks up and just has that initiative of recognizing a need and then fills it and says, hey, by the way, I see this needs to be done. I'm going to go ahead and take care of this for you. This is going to be one more thing off your plate. Yeah. Because it forces me to do two things. It forces me to, number one, um, you've brought it to me in a such a way that I really can't turn you down. Right. Um, and then it forces me to 
take the kind of stance of humility that God really asks of me and says, you know what? You've got to let this go. And mm-hmm. this is less work for you to do in the next few weeks. And this is more buy-in from the people that are around you. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be good in the long run. And so it's so rewarding when people come up. It's so rewarding that. when you get to witness those beautiful moments in ministry as well. Right? I feel like yeah, absolutely. we get we get to witness some of the most beautiful Christian moments. We get to witness a lot of very unchristian moments as well. Um I was talking with somebody and and uh and by the way, I know who I'm talking about. I say somebody because I don't want to mention names. Um but we were talking <laughs> like so everyone's like, Man, Aaron never knows who he's talking about. I do. I just I just don't want to tell you. Uh but we were talking about like, you know, sometimes like we can get like really mean emails or text messages or something uh, in our in our job. And, and I made a joke. I said, you know, what if we took all of those emails and we took all the names out and we printed them and we posted them and you did a sermon series about, you know, how do we actually carry ourselves, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was kind of interesting. I just want to put that out there. I don't really want to talk <laughs> about it. I just wanted to say it out loud. Um <laughs> Because, like, when we're faced, like, it's kind of like that if we look ourselves in the mirror and we go, ooh, did I really say that? Did I really send that email? Did I really talk to that person demeaning and then that way? Um, it'd be interesting. But what I wanted to say was we get to witness these beautiful ministry moments, right? Mm-hmm. I was an intern at the Southwest Church of Christ in Tigard, Oregon, and this moment has been scarred into my brain of of the true generosity of some people. They used to have this amazing ministry called The Breakfast. Uh, and that was, all, that was a cool title, right? Just The Breakfast. They offered breakfast and they fed over 2,000 kids every Tuesday morning uh, at their church. There's something that happened with their schedule where the buses would drop the kids off and they had an hour before school started and they had to just stay in the cafeteria. So they worked it out with the school that the kids could walk up to the church and eat breakfast. And so they provided first-class breakfast, fresh pancakes or fresh waffles, real cracked eggs for scrambled eggs, uh, and bacon and sausage. And they provided it. And that was the called the breakfast. No strings attached. Just sign in. That's all they wanted to do. They just wanted you to sign in. Only your name. No emails, no phones, no nothing. Just, just sign your name uh, so that we can just really have an accurate count on numbers. And so... In this, there was a lot of ministry opportunities, right? And so mm-hmm. there was one moment where, where Jeff, the youth minister there, was talking with this teen. His parents were going through a divorce. He was really sad. He was starting to go to youth group. He was enjoying it. There was no way that they could afford going to Camp Yam Hill, going to church camp that summer. And and this is the craziest thing is I'm standing there in this conversation because I want to know what Jeff's going to say. Obviously, Jeff's going to be like, hey, we can cover you with the youth budget. If you want to go, you're going to go. Like I knew that's what Jeff was going to say. That's what I would have said. That's what any youth minister probably would say in those moments. Um, and so as he's talking to him and telling his story, there is this lady who is part of the breakfast crew who her whole job is just to restock uh, or is to wipe off the syrup table um, You know, while kids are going through. To, they try to keep it clean because you got 2,000 kids going through. And it's crazy. Uh, and they're messy. Mm-hmm. She overhears 
She just overhears this conversation. She goes back to the kitchen. She writes a check. And she comes back and hands it to Jeff. And she says, I don't know who that young boy is. uh, But here's a check. Uh, If you'll just fill in the amount and let me know how much it is for him to go to camp, I will will sponsor him to go to camp. And let Mm -hmm. me know if you need any more money for him. And then she walked away. And that was it. And I know, like, a lot of times we can be like, oh, well, she did was write a check. You know, that's just money ministry. They're just giving money. But if you were in that moment, you would understand that this woman just heard that there was a need. And she went, I can fulfill that. I can serve. I can do that. Wrote this check. Doesn't know anything about this kid. Mm-hmm. And just said, I will send that's him awesome. because I know that church camp is powerful. Well, the kid keeps studying. This is this is like goosebumps, okay? <laughs> the kid gets baptized at church camp. Gets baptized at church camp, which is, by the way, like three, four, five months away from when this moment at the breakfast happened. His parents start going to church <laughs> and nullify their divorce. <laughs> uh, because... Because they saw a change in their son, and so they thought, well, maybe it would be good for us if we start going to church. They start going to church. They get connected. So on the day of his baptism, after he comes up from the water and they give him a big hug, they say, oh, hey, by the way, we're not, we're not getting a divorce. Um, and again, another moment where I got to witness on the shores of, of Camp Yamhill's River, and I was just like, what what just happened and and it's it's like moments like that and i guess like when people ask me like aaron how do you make it through youth ministry because you know there's a lot of negativity there's a lot of junk there's a lot of crud out there and i said you know it just takes like i recognize and i understand and i love those passages where the scripture says man when someone gets saved those angels are rejoicing in Mm -hmm. heaven and i'm like that energy carries me Mm -hmm. that energy carries me this happened like what i've been in youth ministry 10 years so i was like 11 years ago that energy carries me today Mm -hmm. Um, and there's been many more up to that uh and past that uh but those moments uh they carry you uh and that's just beautiful and i would never have gotten to experience that if i wasn't in youth ministry or if i wasn't that intern that summer Uh, and that was powerful just the ability to or the privilege of being able to eavesdrop in those moments you know Mm -hmm. it gives you some insight not just into the lives of people but um into the way god works in the lives of people you know because it's it's not just about knowing things about people that other people don't know yeah it's about seeing the way god through his spirit and through his people Mm mm-hmm really move and transform lives um and you know it's not just transforming them from you know drug addicts to you know faithful faithful members of the community sometimes it's transforming them from people who don't have a good sense of of self-image and they start learning to see themselves through the eyes of a savior who who gave his life on the cross for them Um, sometimes it's about a married couple able to see the way God works through a church and the way the church deals with their son. Um, 
and and their life is then changed uh, because of that. Uh, you know, so just seeing the way through the average everyday flow and ebb of life, um, people begin to be transformed by other people who are doing God's work. And, right. And being able to see that process transpire is, is really, really cool. Um, you know, our church right now, uh, you know, one of these days we're going to stop, you know, comparing uh, pre and post COVID kind of right. stuff, but uh, not today. <laughs> well, and it's a, and I'm not going to those things. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. We'll start that tomorrow. You know, yeah. Procrastinators unite tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you, there is, there is a vibrance that, that is coming on the heels of, uh, of, of a community restored Mm. and it's been so so rewarding for me to see some of our young family some of them who have been gone 10 years or more starting to come back um, Mm -hmm. to church and that has a lot to do with some other things that are going on in the in the church communities here um but i've i've had some one-on-one conversations with some people who left here between 10 and 15 years ago who said, I'll never darken the doors of that building again. Right. And there were two of those families who were here our first Sunday back after our COVID, you know, ban, if you will, or our COVID hiatus. Um, And, you know, one of them has been back since one of them has not, Uh, but he was here. You know, and just the the willingness and seeing the way God is working in in the church to bring people, families back together. Because mm-hmm. we had a lot of families that were divided. Um, you know, kids who were gone somewhere else. You had grandparents that weren't worshiping with their children or their grand or their grandkids. Um, and seeing that demographic of our body here um, kind of come back home. Uh, has been something that, you know, it gives you that energy. It says, okay, I can endure a lot now that I see grandma getting to hold their grandkids in their lap while they're worshiping. Right. Um, yeah. And some things they haven't been able to do for a while. Um, that's hey. been, that's a really, really good thing to see. And it's good for our future as well. When we can stop and see the bigger picture, mm-hmm. those are those moments that are that are just beautiful and and it goes for if you're in ministry and it goes for when you're working in church you know it 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 amazes me how much i teach and i need to listen to my own teachings right (laughs) because how many devotionals how many lessons have i taught about pausing you know pausing and taking that moment and listening for god It'll help you with your reaction. It'll help you mm-hmm. with what you're going to say, what you're going to do, sleep on it, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, we take those moments to pause. And how many moments, you know, I, and when I say that, I always think, well, yeah, I need to pause. Like if I'm going to be frustrated, pause, think it through, try to see things from the, but sometimes I just need to pause and look for the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, look for the bigger picture where God's working and what he's doing. Maybe there's something through this that I'm not seeing, you know, Um, like, hey, maybe I'm frustrated 
uh, about this, but maybe there's a bigger picture there. You know, maybe there is, you know, something else going on. Uh, it reminds me of, I, I love those videos. I, I would never want to do one. It sounds terrible, but I love that art that like you look at and you're like, what is that? It's like chewing gum or it's like a, you know, a, a Rubik's cube. And then they zoom out and it becomes like this really cool picture. And I'm like, whoa, that right. must have taken forever. That's a waste of time. Uh, but I think it's like really cool. I do think it's really cool. I make those cracks, but I do think they're really cool uh, and interesting. But I think like sometimes I just, I need to listen. I need to do that. I need to pause and think and look at the bigger picture. Sometimes I just need to uh, have a little bit more chill also. Right. Um, like there's a, there's a lot of times where you just need to have uh, that go with the flow kind of mentality and maybe my ministry is not going the exact way I want it, uh, but it's going. So there's the positive, right? <laughs> like it's going, right? Um, uh, and and I don't think my ministry is ever going to be perfect. Uh, it's never going to be exactly the way that I wish it could be. Um, but that's probably a good thing because when I wish that it would be the way I wanted it to be, there's a whole lot of I statements there. Right. No, you're right. Big picture is really important. Um, and if you look at the New Testament, when has ministry ever gone the way that they wanted it to go? <laughs> that's that's what I was getting at. Was yeah. like we were just looking at Thessalonians at church, and Paul says like over and over, "I want to come see you, but Satan is blocking my way, and I'm having to go and do all these different right, things." Right. And you think like in the New Testament, how often like did things go the way that they wanted it to go? But God was like, nah, we're going to do this. Whee! You know, and they're Surprise. all over the place. Right? Yeah. And, um, so it's always curious. Well, the other thing that I'm kind of really excited about is seeing some of our community things coming back. Yeah. Um, we are, for the last three or four years, we've worked with this elementary school across the street. And, you know, for the last two school years, we've kind of not been allowed to do much there. And so getting to go back and serve our the faculty and staff of uh, Audubon Elementary is really cool. Um, that is awesome. Think it's a connection that we made um, that was really, really encouraging for them. And one of the things that one of my um, more perceptive uh, people said the first time when we I got a list of the faculty, she said, you need to ask for a list of faculty and staff. You know, we don't want to, we want to make sure we get all the cafeteria workers, all the janitorial staff, anyone that sets foot in that building, you know, we want to make sure they're covered. And they made little cups with their names on them. Wow. And that was really cool because some of them had names that you can't find if you go to the kiosk. Um, they're never spelled correctly. So for them to have a, a, a cup I that get has that their name. A lot with Aaron. With Aaron, yeah, it's no, never A's. anywhere, right? Never find it. Um, and you, you never find it because it's always sold out, right? Yeah, that's it. That's actually why. <laughs> um, and so that was really cool. And also just to, you know, to see them understanding that someone in the community is recognizing the work that they're doing for the kids of our community. Right. Um, they, they go so far out of their way to care for the kids, um, for someone to take the time uh, to really acknowledge what they do. Goes goes a really long way, and so to have that relationship uh, restored again is 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 really good to see. 
Um, and just the, the interaction that's coming back with the folks in our community as well. Uh, there's some, some good, you know, some bad. I realize I really like my space. Like if right. I'm standing in line in the grocery store now and someone kind of walks up behind me, I'm like, dude, you in a hurry? Go ahead in front of me. Right. Like, why yeah. are you standing so close? Um, Stop breathing you know, on me. Living in this six foot bubble has uh, has given me a, a better awareness of people's personal space. And I'm really aware when mine is invaded now. So yeah. I- it is it is amazing. <laughs> like even now. Yeah, if I go and I'm waiting in line, I'm I am quite a good distance away from the person in front of me and it is it is because that's the way COVID has trained me, but also because I'm like, Well, I don't want somebody being like that close to me. So Yeah. Um, and I'm that far away from him and I'm not afraid somebody's gonna cut in front of me in line. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, Oh, you're wearing in line. You were like six feet back. Yeah, that's the norm now. Not the same in a car, but uh Oh man. You got anything else today? I've, I've liked this episode, man. I think we, I don't think on the podcast we do, but I think in life we have a tendency to dwell so much on what's wrong and what right. needs to be fixed. Um, and I think it's really, really a positive thing to to dwell on, on the good things that are going on. So I think good so too. Idea. I think we need to celebrate some more of the good things and we give that Absolutely. praise and that grace and, and all of that to God and God is doing good things. And I, a lot of times I forget how good God is and all the good things that he's doing. There's a lot of hurt in this world, right? There's a lot of negativity and it's easy to focus on that, but there's a lot of good things that are going on. There are a lot of good things that are being fixed. There are a lot of good things uh, that are happening and you know god is moving and working uh and he he might be working in a different way than we are used to but he is he is working. definitely working in a different he, way <laughs> he is working and he is doing good um so i want to remind you of galatians 6 9 do not grow weary in doing good that is kind of like our motto here um and we that's why we do the podcast to be honest uh we do the podcast because we don't want to grow weary and doing good right we want to take this to heart and and this is kind of like an uplift uh, for Josh and I to be able to do this. So we appreciate your support. We appreciate you being here. And we want to remind you uh, to not grow weary in doing good as well. You know, this life is messy. This world is messy. So allow Christ to use you to do something different. I'm Aaron. And this is Josh. And we will see you next week from Oregon on Behind the Beards. One of us will be in Oregon. One That's of us true. will not. Yeah. One of us will. We're all growing a beard. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard. One of us will what? I cut you off. I said, one of us will have to get up early. Oh, yeah, real early. We were all growing a beard. Oh, I thought you were going to do it again. Double exit. Yeah, we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard That's a good ending. That was a good